What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Happy week two. Week two is done. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. This is the daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. Feels like we've been gone for months. It's really only been a couple of days. Um, weekend happened. Hurricanes here in North Carolina. Didn't actually hit Raleigh. I'm back at my house. Um, and we get to watch a lot of week two. And I got to say, after an excellent week one, Week two set up for a letdown, but it didn't happen. It was still some fantastic football being played. And to join me to talk about it, as they will almost every Sunday night, because we can't guarantee every Sunday night, who knows, Ryan might die of old age. It's Ryan Wilson and John Breach. Ryan, what's up? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, tough day for the Steelers. Oh, but, well, we'll get to that in a second. John, how you doing? Uh, you know, what's funny is that I actually am always prepared to host the podcast. Who knew it was going to happen with you with this hurricane? You just said Wilson could die of old age at any time, which I think leaves me on the third string guy, never expecting to come off the bench. I'm, I'm the Ryan Fitz magic of the podcast. Mm, we'll talk about Ryan. In Fitz- case Brinson gets suspended. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not James Winston, just so you know. I'm more of a Marcus Marietta, quiet leader, uh, in the huddle. By the way, John's Bengals, in first place in the AFC North, as they were when we last talked on Thursday night. And no, no, you were just a trio here. Nobody's, there's no pecking order here. Um, let's get to that Steelers game first though, Ryan. And I know that we've sort of been joking with you off and on about, um, you know, various, uh, you know, the Steelers stinking and the defense being terrible and maybe them missing the playoffs and perhaps being just been falling apart in his old, his legitimate old age, but, um, might be happening. You're still muted. You're muted. That's fine. I was yelling, literally yelling into my, <laughs> uh, Ben, Ben wasn't the problem. Uh, well, well all right. first of all, first of all, we need to do this every week that this continues to spiral out of control. What is your panic <laughs> level on the Steelers right now? Zero. That well, can't be right. It was a four last week. <laughs> no, it wasn't, was it? It has to be like a 4.1 minimum. I don't think so. I think you're making things up. I'm not worried at all because, look, here's the thing. Uh, I'm at the point in my life, as, as John and you both have hinted, I don't have many years left. So I can't spend my time worrying about things that are outside oh, of my okay, control. Okay, okay, okay. I want not not Ryan. I was Wilson. not frustrated at all. Let me tell you, I was not frustrated at all watching this game. They were down twenty-one to nothing. I expected the game to be a hundred to nothing at that point, and I was going to sit back and enjoy Patrick Mahomes, who is incredibly fun to watch. If they'd been playing the Bengals and Andy Dalton had done that, I would have driven <laughs> to John's house and beaten him with a baseball bat. But it didn't happen, so it was fine. Um, Patrick Mahomes is legit, He's and awesome. he is amazing, and he is so fun to watch. Roethlisberger actually missed a couple throws. He wasn't perfect today. He played really, really well, but uh, he's the reason they, they had it pretty close. But he missed a couple of throws. Antonio Brown was whinging. By the way, this is something to keep an eye on. Antonio Brown's going to lose it probably next week when they, when they get blasted uh, on Monday night against the, the Fitzmagics down in Tampa Bay. He was a little <laughs> punky on the sidelines today yelling at Ryan, uh, um, Randy Fickner, the new offense coordinator who's been there forever, just replaced Todd Haley. And, um, you know, he's sort of uh, under the surface level diva prima donna. And I think the focus is going to be on under him. Under the surface? Of, Antonio Brown is a clear-cut diva. I mean, like, But he's been sort of – that's been lost in the mix with Le'Veon and all the other sort fair. of nonsense going on. Um, so that's something to look out for. Uh, he had an okay game today. He wasn't a great game. Juju had a great game. Jesse James went for like 130 yards or something. Uh, the defense got destroyed – and I don't even know – I don't know if there's a defense – let me put it to you this way. If the Kansas City Chiefs play the Jaguars today, they're probably dropping 30 points on the Jaguars. That's how good this offense is. The Chiefs' defense is a hot mess. 
But we might be at the point after two weeks where Patrick Mahomes just puts up 30 every week and they win 11 games in spite of their defense and then get to the playoffs and you see what happens. John, I will say this. The thing about Patrick Mahomes, the two things that impressed me, and I had to write about Patrick Mahomes as the lead for sorting the Sunday pile for the second week in a row because I did a live blog of Chiefs Steelers. It was a really exciting game, and the Chiefs only won by five, 42-37. The over-under was 52, I think, when it closed. It got up to 53-and-a-half at some point in the week. They crushed it, but with seven minutes left in the third quarter. The thing about Mahomes, well, the two things. One, he – he has so many weapons at his disposal. Like Kareem Hunt finally kind of went off 75 uh, rushing yards for Hunt. Only one reception so far for Hunt in the passing game. But he utilized Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. And Sammy Watkins quietly had 131 total yards, six catches, 100 yards, and then one rush for 31. Really nice game from him. Tyreek Hill came on late. Um, but Mahomes also breached, I thought, took what the Steelers gave him. Like, he didn't force anything when it when he needed, like, when it was a spot where he could have forced it. Like, we always hear about him being a baby Favre. And, it, like, he had a third and 15 where he's rushing down the side and he slides and just picks up nine yards. Like, he didn't try and be a hero. That really impressed me. Yeah, I mean, the dude got Sammy Watkins to 100 yards receiving. If that doesn't tell you how good Patrick Mahomes played, I don't know what does. And Wilson, this is, like, win-win for him because he's the guy that picked Mahomes – to win the MVP award before the season started. So it's like... And he's on my fantasy team, John. Yeah, I know. I was playing Wilson in fantasy. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, so I know you're secretly rooting for him to win MVP. And Brent, like you just said, he wasn't about to make any mistakes. Uh, there was a couple where it didn't like he had a guy at a short touchdown pass. No one's open. All of a sudden, he just rifles in a fastball that looks like it's traveling about 140 miles an hour. His receiver somehow catches it without breaking both his hands. And that's just, there's no way to stop that. You know, that's what he was so efficient that I don't know how you stop that. But that being said, this is exact same conversation we were having about the Chiefs last year. Uh, obviously, Alex Smith throws it about 80 miles an hour slower than Patrick Mahomes. But remember, the Chiefs started out to a 5-0 and start. They jumped out to that. They, they beat up the Patriots in week one. Uh, I think they beat the Eagles during that 5-0 and start. So everyone was on the Chiefs bandwagon in September last year, and then we all saw what happened. So until Andy Reid has his team uh, humming through November, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I ain't going to crown him. No, no, we will not allow you to pump the brakes here on the Patrick Mahomes bandwagon. Wait, let me ask this. Though. Hold on, hold on. Just really quickly. He, he completed 82% of his passes today. The Steelers are terrible in defense. Let me ask you this, though. Seriously, when I was watching that game, marveling at Patrick Mahomes with everyone else on planet Earth, how do I was? how would Bill Belichick scheme up stopping Patrick Mahomes? I don't know because here's the thing. Like if you look at that, I think the touchdown pass you were talking about breach, it was to Demarcus Robinson. They rolled Mahomes out a little bit to the right and they're, you know, they're on like inside. I think it was from the, um, I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was from. It was from the three yard line and they rolled him out a little bit to the right and gave him a look where he had like guys crossing at different levels. Robinson was coming on the backside. He had Kelsey who was covered on the short side and he had like, he had a lot of options. And then one option was to run in and, and to run it in. And it looked like he was about to take the option of running it. And then at the last second, he just beams one in and like nobody else has the ability to throw. I mean, not nobody else, but like, here we go. Well, no, but I mean like how many, how many humans overreaction Sunday night? Go ahead. It's two, <laughs> it's two weeks in a row. He's got, he set the record for most touchdown passes in the first two weeks of a season with 10. 
And he, it, John asked you to look towards the end of the season, but go ahead. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think he's going to throw. Do for, you think he's going to throw ten touchdowns every two weeks? No, the, probably, yes, probably not. I, and end the season with eighty touchdown passes. I just don't know how. You, I mean, like Ryan's question was, how would Bill Belichick scheme up to stop? And I don't know because they have too many weapons, and here's, Mahomes is doing an effective job distributing it. Here's what Bill Belichick would do: the Chiefs' defense is a little suspect. He would be like, Tom, we need a twenty-four play. 29-minute, 30-second drive that eats up the entire first half, uh, and we'll win this game. That would be their whole game plan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't beat the Chiefs. You can beat the Chiefs. Their defense stinks. I asked you how, and all you could do was start, uh, hugging and kissing on your Patrick Mahomes poster. No, what I was saying is that with (laughs) the situation, with, with the way that they distribute the ball, I don't think that you can just take away their top option and and beat them. Like the, the Steelers did a pretty good job of not letting Tyreek Hill beat them early. And he just threw to everybody else because they have Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and, and Kareem. I don't Watkins. know if I would say the Steelers didn't, they, they found a way to stop Tyreek Hill. I would say that Andy Reid focused on other guys. <laughs> Andy Reid decided to make everybody else happy. Right, right, fine, whatever. But I mean, the, the point being is that I, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think it's just as simple as scheming them up and stopping them. I think you've got to have a really good defense to do it. By the way, quickly, I'll say this before we move on. You asked me my concern level. That defense is a mess, and Mike Hilton, their sort of all-star nickelback who had a great year last year, said that the the Chiefs didn't beat the Steelers. The Steelers' defense did because of miscommunication. That's an indictment uh, of what they're doing. I mean, you talk about guys not being ready. We talked about um, the Saints not being prepared earlier today. We were in our little AOL chat room talking about that when they were losing to the Browns, and, and maybe because they're veterans or whatever. But there's no excuse for not being prepared, and, and that's sort of a, an indictment against Mike Tomlin. It's been the criticism of Mike Tomlin. And it, he didn't do himself any favors with the way that team came out today. They they didn't show up for the first quarter when it was twenty one to nothing. Steelers are at the Buccaneers, host the Ravens, host the Falcons, and at the Bengals. Then <laughs> then they get the Browns at homes. This reeks, guys, of o five and two. I'm telling you right now. No, they're going to one game. They'll beat the Bengals every other game. <laughs> get blown out. Uh, well, <laughs> that's why they're not out of the division race the, either. Well, the problem for them is next next man up is uh, like you said, Ryan at Fitz Magic. Holy hell! If if it weren't for Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Fitzpatrick would be leading the MVP race two weeks into the season. He has thrown for four hundred yards in the first two games and eight touchdowns and breach. He showed up dressed up as Conor McGregor in Deshaun Jackson's clothes. Are you buying or selling Fitz Magic? And who's the most surprising division leader? The Bengals, Dolphins, or Buccaneers? I am buying all the Fitzmagic you can sell me. I want a Fitzmagic haircut, beard, jersey. Uh, I mean, this was the most, out of those three teams, this was the most shocking one because let's go back to July. Jameis Winston gets suspended. Everybody's thinking, oh, well, that's the, the Buccaneers are done. Then you'll get the first three games of the season. They had the Saints, the Eagles, and next week against the Steelers. Everybody's saying, oh, that's 0-3. Uh, this is a given. I thought the Buccaneers were going to be the worst team in football. I predicted them to go two and fourteen this year. They already have two wins, two weeks into the season. Going to give up on predictions. So definitely the Buccaneers are the most surprising. And you know, just through these two games, you have to think they're they're first place in the NFC South. I think they've got to be the favorite now. I've completely flipped on them. Fitzmagic has me. 
Hey, if you want to experience the magic of Fitz Magic, you want to be entranced like John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and myself, you need to go to NFL.com backslash pick six and get yourself a free seven-day trial of NFL Game Pass. The only way to watch every single NFL game condensed broadcast version and when it pops up on about Tuesday afternoon, the All-22. You get to relive the week that was in the NFL Go back and check out about 40, 40 minutes or so for condensed versions. You can get every game. You can bang through the entire week for pretty quickly. It's an indispensable resource. If you love the NFL, if you cover the NFL, certainly. But even if you just love following football, you need to get Game Pass. I can't wait to go back to go back and watch all of Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns and, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick's. You could do it, too. Go to NFL.com backslash pick six and get your free seven-day trial. You in on Fitzmagic, Ryan? My only concern is how long do you think until that whole dress-up thing at the press conference today comes back to bite Ryan Fitzpatrick? And I mean that like people start throwing that in his face when he throws eight interceptions a game or when he finally comes back to earth. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. He's playing out of his mind. And I just hope that, you know, after they beat the Steelers next week and they're 3-0, I hope Dirk Cutter doesn't say uh, this is – uh, Jameis's job because Jameis should have his ass on the bench um, for the foreseeable future, probably through Halloween if things keep going the way they are through the rest of the season. And I was actually sort of half joking, half serious. If you're the Bills, do you think about trading for Jameis Winston? No, wait, what? Why? No, the Bills want to lose. The Bills are terrible. They, no, I'm guessing they don't want to lose, and I, I would imagine they would don't want to lose in the, the fashion they're losing in. They need a quarterback. I think. They've made a mistake with Josh Allen. Everyone knew that before. I don't know if the Bills have realized it yet, but I, I think you need more than one quarterback. And right now they have one quarterback, and he's a rookie who's played one game. But anyway, my point is I, I love what Ryan Fitzpatrick's doing. I expect him to keep it up. The Steelers were exposed defensively, so I can't imagine they're going to magically fix it against the second-best quarterback in the league uh, on the road where Ben plays horribly. And it'll probably be a million degrees like it was uh, in Jacksonville for Tom Brady today. So all those things. But it'll be at night, so it'll be cooler. Maybe like, it'll it'll like be 80, yeah, oh yeah, yes, it'll be a swamp. Should the should the Bucks keep Jameis on the bench? I say yes. Hell yeah, I just said that. Yeah, why why wouldn't you? What's the upside to bringing him back and then he has a terrible game and then then what's the conversation you're having with the media? Like even if Fitzpatrick throws three picks breach and they lose twenty one to three to the Steelers on Monday night at home, you're still two and one. You gotta start Fitzpatrick. The buys week five. To me, it's a no-brainer situation. You start Fitzpatrick in week four against the Bears. You punish Jameis a little bit extra, and then then you reassess at the bye week. And if you're four and zero at the bye week, you keep rolling with Fitzpatrick. And that's the thing. Does Jameis Winston just become trade bait? You know, Ryan's trying to trade him to every team in the NFL right now. Uh, but if the Buccaneers are four and one, five and one. And people are calling because they want Jameis Winston. Are, are you answering those calls or are you hanging up uh, and not answering the calls like Brenton does to me when I call him every week? Uh, do you call me every week? I didn't know that. Um, I, you said he calls you all the time. I know. He does. It's weird. All it's the time. Decline. All, all my text messages back to Breach are like the default, sorry, I can't talk right now. <laughs> Uh, text on, on the old iPhone. Okay, so I got a running back thing that's bothering me. By the way, like we shouldn't sleep on the Dolphins. 
2-0 start, really nice work by Adam Gase. He you know, cleaned up the culture or whatever. Uh, but they beat the Titans in that weird seven-hour game. Then they manhandled the Jets, who are probably a little bit overrated in New York. Um, are, are the Dolphins – are you buying or selling the Dolphins, right? I mean, it's a good start. You know, a couple of years ago before, they had that weird injury with Ryan Tannehill where he partially tore his ACL, but they let him play, and he said he was fine, and he tore it again and lost the whole season. It seemed like he was sort of understanding what Adam Gase wanted to do. And then, you know, you mentioned the whole culture thing. There was a S show. Lawrence Timmons went missing after he – it was one thing after another they last a, year. A hurricane with, delayed week one. The hurricane. One. They had coach, to relocate out west. The coach got busted for cocaine. Yeah. You bring that up every week and every week. I, I totally forget about that story. It seems like it happened 20 years ago. <laughs> that, that, but, I mean, like, not to, not to rehash something from last year, but it is insane how we took, like, 24 hours on that story and then just moved on. Like that's yeah, crazy. like I said last week, you know, I hope the guy's doing okay, but that was a uh, insane. I mean, yeah. you know, that's something you see like an HBO uh, after <laughs> after dark. Um, but Adam Gase is doing fine. I'm not sold on this team because I don't know what Ryan Tannehill can do. Uh, he's never played. He's played a complete season. He looked okay a few years ago, but you know, the last few years of, he's been injured. Last year it was uh, Jay Cutler, Sean's favorite player in the world. And if he can improve, I guess. But they're not going to win the division. We know that. And, and are they better than the Jets over the, the course of the season? We'll see. I mean, they're better than the Bills, obviously. But uh, So they're playing for second place. Raiders at home, at the Patriots, at the Bengals, Bears at home, Lions at home, at the Texans. It gets you through November. I don't know. You could pile up four or five yeah, wins could there. Be, yeah, they could be two or three games over by that point. Yeah. And one thing that is crazy about the Dolphins with Ryan talking – about Ryan Tannehill is that you look at his last 10 starts with the team. He's nine and one. Uh, so he's picked up, I, and that, which is an, unbe- an unbelievable stat because you think about when you think about Ryan Tannehill, you think about completely average. If Andy Dalton didn't exist, Ryan Tannehill would be the baseline for a completely average quarterback. And somehow that guy is nine and one in his past 10 starts. And Brinson, you just, Mentioned all the games they play uh, between now and November, and there's no reason they can't be six and two, maybe five and three at worst at the halfway point of the season. I, I'm telling you, I, th- I kind of started to buy in on this Dolphins team. Adam Beasley, our friend, was on this on this program and said the over is a lock. Um, you know, they don't, I don't. I'm not even sure what they do. Like I didn't watch. I need to go back and watch more of this game. I didn't watch a ton of it. I'm just like Tannehill was 17 to 23 for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake, 11 carries, 53 yards in a score. Albert Wilson led the team in receiving with 37 yards. Like, what, what, how? How they score? How did the the Dolphins got two early touchdowns off of Jets turnovers? Yeah. Uh, not a smart throw by Darnold, one of them in the first half. And then Robbie Anderson fumbled on an ugly one at midfield. So it was two touchdown drives that went under 50 yards each. And all of a sudden the Jets were down fourteen nothing. You know, like after blowing the Lions out, they had no Darnell knew what he was doing in a fourteen nothing hole. Yeah, and then they got down twenty nothing um, and missed the extra point on the third touchdown. No, no drive that lasted longer than a, than two minutes, and no drive like the, it was fifteen yards, forty nine yards, and sixty two yards. And by the way, the Jets bungled. This is some really bad rookie level stuff from Darnold and, and Todd Bowles at the end of the half. Um, with they have ten seconds on the clock, clock stopped. They're on like the 12 yard line, I think, and no timeouts left. You two, well, you can do one of two things. You can either throw it in the end zone and get a good look at it, or you can throw it away. Like you have to, you have to make sure that the clock stops and then you kick the field goal. They managed to complete a pass to the one yard line. 
The guy falls down and, clock, and the clock runs out. And I mean, I'm not saying that 20 to three is the hole you get out of, but that's a, that's the sort of debilitating thing where you go into half, you're confused, you're pointing fingers, you're wondering what happened, and then all of a sudden um, you lose 20 to 12. So maybe the Jets pump the brakes on them. The Dolphins were a, a freaking lock. I mean, such an obvious lock this week after the as a as a um, counterintuitive play against the Jets and their success on Monday Night Football. Um, when I ask you about two running backs here, Ryan, and it was to relate to the Sunday night football game between the New York football giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Zeke Elliott is leading the team, the Cowboys, in, pat, in receptions, or at least in like receiving receiving routes being run. And David Johnson, meanwhile, for the Cardinals in another game, has six catches on the season. Um, specifically to the Cowboys, do the Giants suck or are the Cowboys good? I don't know why. I'll come back around to David Johnson. Sorry, there's a nonsense. The Cowboys, the Cowboys aren't good. Uh, they look better against the Giants, who are a terrible team. The Giants spent the offseason fixing the offensive line. Nate Solder, they, they signed. They signed Patrick Amame from the Jags. They drafted Will Hernandez second round. They moved Eric Flowers from left to right tackle. And every time I bring that up on the radio, every person I'm talking to says they should have moved Eric Flowers right off to the, right off the field. Uh, he didn't trip anyone uh, against the Cowboys, so I guess that's an upgrade of what he did in week one when he was tripping guys left and right, had two penalties in the first three plays. But, you know, in, uh, in my first mock draft that I did for 2019 last week, I sort of took a shot at Eli for being terrible and just looking like a 37-year-old guy who has no business being out there, and a bunch of Giants fans got angry because I said it was Eli's fault, not the offensive line's fault. Eli sucks. I mean, you can blame the <laughs> offensive line all you want. He, he is terrible. He looks frightened out there, and he's always been sort of like a duck-and-cover type of quarterback, and he's had success with it at varying levels in the past, but he looks worse than ever. And for as terrible as the offensive line was supposed to be last year, I looked at the Football Outsiders, they were 15th against the run in run blocking, and they were like top 10 in pass protection. Now, those aren't, you know, that's sort of a general Football Outsiders metric, but it's pretty accurate, and that offensive line is way worse now than it was then. It didn't help that they lost their center uh, against the Cowboys, and it looks like it might be for a while. So they're going to get worse. Saquon Barkley is amazing. He's a, he's incredibly fun to watch. Um, he had very little space to work with, and, and he he performed pretty well. Uh, he's a great pass catcher, which is you know sort of where these things are going. With the running backs. Odell Beckham was pretty much bottled up to the very last last two drives when they sort of got some garbage points. Saquon, but, by the way, had this is uh, Scott Casimir of Football Outsiders the fewest receiving yards, eighty in a game with at least 14 catches in NFL history. Yeah, he was doing a lot of work behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, <laughs> I picked the Giants to win the division, and, and uh, I think that only is applicable, uh, applicable in the uh, upside down for the Stranger Things nerds. Breach, you had uh, the Cowboys with 10 wins. How are you feeling now? Hey, I, had, the I had the Cowboys winning the division, and now they're tied for first and in- the top of the division, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, one and one? Three teams hey. at one and one, Eagles, Redskins, and Cowboys. By the way, the Cowboys' defense might be better than their offense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, the big surprise here is Ryan talked about how bad the Giants' offensive line was, but they got terrorized by the Cowboys. There were six sacks, I think, uh, and they absolutely shut down the Giants on the ground. I mean, we saw Barkley catch 14 passes, and that's because there was just no room for them to run. And the other thing is, like, what did Pat Shermer do? He, he, what was his, what, what did they do this whole offseason? Did they install a new offense? Because <laughs> they look so lost. It was just like, you know, we love to see Eli Manning take a few shots downfield. That's what Eli Manning does. That is how they won Super Bowls is because 
he just takes shots downfield. And now Pat Shermer's saying, hey, I want this guy to have a 70% completion percentage. And we saw exactly tonight what's going to happen if you put that in Eli's head. He just dinks and dunks it the whole time. I don't think the Giants can play to pass of more than 20 yards until garbage time in the fourth quarter. I mean, this I literally fell asleep watching the Giants play. And I am in the central time zone, so this game was actually on pretty early for me. Uh, that's how boring they were. The Giants. What do you think about the uh, the end of the end of the game? There, speaking of Pat Shermer, his decision to run the clock down to 15 seconds and then kick a field goal. That's it, a fireable offense. And they could have kicked a field goal with 40 seconds left and given yourself uh, a chance at the onside kick and then time to score a touchdown. No, he runs it down to 15 seconds. It was a huge Jackson move, to be honest. Yeah. So he got. Um... They got the ball on a first and 10 on the Dallas 37 on that long pass to Odell Beckham. Uh, Dallas called timeout because Jeff Heath was injured. Then they hit Saquon Barkley for three yards or at the 34, hit Odell Beckham for 14 yards and call timeout with 22 seconds left. And they're at the Dallas 20, right? I mean, that's where you kick, kick it there. That's where you kick the field. Well, you either kick the field goal or you take a couple of shots. And then if you get the touchdown, you, you move on and, you know, you try and get the onside kick and the field goal. Instead, they take one deep shot and get it down to 15 seconds, then kick the field goal and make it, then try to go onsides and kick it out of bounds. So even if they'd gotten it, they would have had like 11 seconds to try and set up a Hail Mary. It just, you, you either got to do one or the other. You can't take a shot and then kick it. You got to kick it and leave yourself enough time to, to get a pass out of bounds. It, the, it was, it was horribly mismanaged and it was like, it was meaningless too. They weren't going to get it. Which made it even even worse for Sherman to do that. The Giants, by the way, I mean, look, this Saquon Barkley thing is going to be an issue all season long. It doesn't matter how great he looks, and he looks great. I mean, he's juking guys left and right. He's shrugging off. He's 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 thrusting defenders off of him, and he's and he looks like he could be an explosive game-changing playmaker, but it's totally irrelevant behind that offensive line. 11 carries, 28 yards. I would guess that on those 11 carries, he was had. I mean, his average depth of like first contact was probably negative two and a half yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's getting hit every three seconds and 16 targets, 14 catches for 80 yards. It's, it's a, it's a, they average 3.8 yards per play against the freaking Cowboys. This is a terrible offense. They're not going to magically get better. And it would be okay if they had Nick Chubb and Sam Darnold and they were doing this because at least you've got your quarterback for the future. Instead, they had Eli Manning, no quarterback in the future and a, and a guy, a running back with a, six or seven year lifespan that they're wasting a full season on. They're literally down. lifespan. You're not talking about NFL. Yeah, lifespan. Yeah. It's nuts, man. I mean, it's, they're, they're terrible. Who, who do you feel worse for breach? Um, Saquon Barkley or David Johnson? Uh, I feel worse for David. Well, no, because he just signed a gigantic contract and he's got a trillion dollars to not have to worry about that. But, uh, I'll go David Johnson because that offense looks even more inept than the Giants offense, which I didn't even think was possible. I mean, why even give him $39 million if you're not going to use him or if you have a quarterback who has no idea how to use him? Uh, I mean, they could have given that money to me if they just wanted to throw it away. So it's like, I, I mean, watching the Cardinals was painful because there was this thought, hey, they have Larry Fitzgerald. Hey, they have David Johnson. Hey, this offense could be good this year. Uh, and it's been the exact opposite of good. And so uh, it, it was painful watching David Johnson. 17 of 27 for 90 yards. How the hell do you do that? 
Like, how is that even physically possible? Sam Brad- Bradford averaged 3.33 yards per attempt, and the, the Cardinals didn't cross midfield until their final possession of the game. They ran one play on the Rams' side of the field, Ryan. Um, I guarantee you that Sean McDermott would trade three first-round picks for Sam Bradford right now. <laughs> That's a, I, I don't know how you do it. St- Steve Wilkes, the, the head coach, your Carolina guy, uh, gave a similar McDermott answer saying he has to look at the tape and determine if he's going to switch things up. He, I, I think he actually said I wasn't even thinking about bringing Rosen in. He said he is, never considered it. It's crazy. Which is an ins- yeah, it's an insane thing to say because number one, you're zero and two as a rookie head coach and showing no signs of, of that changing. And you drafted this guy with a top ten pick, I think. And what's the holdup? Sam Bradford was supposed to be the placeholder. This team went eight and eight last year with with literally no quarterback, and now you have a, a guy who should be able to make something happen. You're paying him twenty million bucks, and he is roughly eighty five times worse than Ryan Fitzmagic. So that's where they are in, in Arizona. I don't know why you you, you don't think about bringing Rosen in and. Uh, trying to do something different I, I just don't understand how conservative these football coaches are um whether you're you know a new coach or been there a few years or been there forever do something different it's not working like sean mcdermott saying that i have to look at the tape dude you know that guy's trash are we talking about nathan, nathan peterman or josh allen peterman last last yeah. week i mean I, i'm willing to give josh allen uh, the benefit of the doubt but i mean we know what sam bradford is the dude's been around forever he's an, he's a average to slightly above average if things are going perfectly for him and uh don't forget, he's the guy that got replaced by Case Keenan when he got hurt. So it's not like he's destined for the Hall of Fame. He ain't Aaron Rodgers. Who gets the win first, the Cardinals or the Giants? I feel like the Giants, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, I was actually looking through today's scoreboard. There are a lot of terrible teams. There um, are a lot. Uh, I mean, the, the Cardinals, I Cardinals get the Bears at home, Seahawks at home. 49ers on the road, Vikings on the road for their next four. And the Giants I don't see a win there. The Giants get the Texans on the road, Saints at home, Panthers on the road, Eagles at home. I mean this, the the Pan I mean I'm sorry, the Texans are their best chance to win, isn't it? Yeah. On the road though. I mean like they're not going to beat the Saints at home. They shouldn't. By the way, the Saints are 1 and 9 in week 1 and 2 games since 2014. How is that? How do you have Drew Brees and Sean Payton go 1 and 9? In week one and two games. That is, that is the weirdest thing. And they should be 0 and 10. Should move on from the Cardinals because they suck. 0 and 10, except we'll move on to another team that sucks. The Browns. They should be 0 and 10, except the Browns somehow let them off the hook. This would be Denny, Denny Green would be applicable here. We, we, uh, we knew who they were and we let them off the hook, et cetera, et cetera. Um, who do you blame, Ryan, for that Browns loss? First of all, first of all, I'd like to point out that I actually picked the Browns to win this game. Do you blame the Browns are, like five and one in their last six games against the the Saints, two and zero oh the last two times they played since 2010. So I thought they were going to go in there and whoop up on them, and it honestly looked like it. Well, they were up 12 to three at one point, I believe. And yeah. then you know, as often happens with the Hugh Jackson coach team, they just blew up. I mean, they they put the dynamite together, lit it, and then just sat on it. And then they're you know the pieces of flesh fell all over the, the Superdome field. As they lost, and it started with Zane Gonzalez, that, that poor guy. I mean, he was just the, the sort of the first in the long line of kickers that struggled on Sunday. But Jesus, man, you got to make a kick. You're indoors. <laughs> there's no no elements to worry about. This team hasn't won a game since December 2016, I think, or even maybe November when they beat the Chargers. Anything. Throw them a bone. They would have been 1-0-1 if he could have converted that kick in a game they should have won. 
and there would be all sorts of questions about the Saints. And just because Zane Gonzalez was super terrible today, we're now like, oh, okay, the Saints can bounce back from this, and the Browns are the Browns. But maybe they're basically the same team, and we should reevaluate what we're talking about. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this Cleveland team that hasn't already been said. I said before the season that I thought the Raiders could go 0-16. I think they're slightly better than that. But the best chance for a win for both these teams might be in a few weeks when, when they meet. I'm not exactly sure the day, I mean the week, but that might be the best chance for both, in which case it probably will end up in a tie. <laughs> Do you blame uh, Hugh Jackson or Zane Gonzalez? Breach, I know you're a kicker guy. You know, last week I blamed Hugh Jackson for the tie, pinned all the blame on him. This week I'm only going to give Hugh 10% of the blame. I'm putting it on... Zane Gonzalez. I mean, if Jim Carrey was ever going to write an Ace Ventura sequel, this is the kind of stuff that you just, I mean, you there, can't miss you know there is like an, this. You know there is an Ace Ventura sequel, right? A, a football-related oh, okay, one, not one in okay, Africa. Okay, okay. <laughs> Week four, by the way, they meet. Sorry. Uh, but, I mean, this is – he missed an extra point. Uh, if you miss two big kicks like that in the final 90 seconds of a game, most kickers don't even get that many opportunities uh, in the first two or three months of the season. This guy had it two kicks in one game, final 90 seconds, missed them both. And the thing is, the Browns play again Thursday, and they have to cut him. You can't have – I mean, we've seen it happen. You look at guys like Blair Walsh with the Vikings. When he missed that 26-yarder, he just got the yips, uh, was horrible after that, and they cut him, even as far back as Mike Banerjack against the Steelers. When, uh, Ron, you know that game where Banderjack could have sent it to overtime, missed a playoff kick by, God, like 30 yards. It, was it, went, the, it went to the sidelines. It was so terrible. It was the ugliest field goal I've ever seen in the playoffs. And so once you get the yips, it's there's no fixing it, especially uh, when you play again so soon. So I think Zane Gonzalez is gonzo in Cleveland, and he's going to be hanging out with our boy. Uh, Josh Gordon. <laughs> not Josh Gordon. Or, or, Carlson, Daniel Carlson, the Vikings. Oh, right. I, was, I thought you were going to make a Josh, uh, Josh Gordon pulled his hammy, hammy joke. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the Gordon stuff, I mean, we haven't talked, we haven't had a podcast since then. Gordon's out in Cleveland except they might trade him. Where, who signs this guy, Ryan? I, I think you do trade him if you're the Browns. I, you, I think can't trade somebody, you can't trade somebody when you're like, hey, we're cutting this guy. But, well, they said we're cutting him on Monday. They, <laughs> you could have cut him anytime you wanted to. I love that they announced Monday because they knew they would get some phone calls. Uh, you know, everyone says the Patriots make sense and the Patriots do take chances on guys who are knuckleheads, but I, I they cut a lot of those guys too. So I don't know if they'd be willing to give a draft pick. The 49ers uh, have been a team that, that have been mentioned. Kyle Shanahan said he's happy with the guys that he has, but I would imagine he would love someone like Josh Gordon. But here's the thing for the, for the Browns to stick by this guy for six years through a lot of nonsense. He's missed time, uh, been suspended like three or four times, missed entire seasons. And then all of a sudden he pulls up lame after doing some promotion that was non-Browns related. And then all of a sudden they, they announced they're going to cut him. I, it must be something a lot, a lot more to the story than what we know because they, they've been willing to endure a lot. It's like you're, you're with your wife and she cheats on you every week for, for five years and then she forgets to, to make you pancakes one morning. You're like, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's super weird. So I, I wonder if there's a lot more to the story. And number two, if other teams would be willing to take a risk on him. Because he's, I think, in the Martavis Bryant situation where one more strike and he's done indefinitely. And I don't know if you want to give a six-round pick for that. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. Where, uh, what do you think about the 49ers or the Cowboys breach? I think it's got to be the 49ers because you have Kyle Shanahan, who's familiar with them. He was the offense coordinator in Cleveland with Gordon, so he knows them. 
And, and that's what Josh Gordon needs. If you just throw him in a situation, like if you gave him to the Cowboys, he'd be out of the league in like three weeks. Given the Patriots, I don't think he can handle that rigid of uh, an infra- infrastructure compared to what the Browns have. Like the Browns are a circus compared to the Patriots. So I don't think that's a good fit either. But you go to the 49ers, somebody is familiar with them, where Shanahan kind of has an idea of what he's dealing with. And I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo would love to have him because, uh, you know, anytime you add a target, if, if Gordon's healthy, he's good. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So 49ers, I think, would be the best fit. Um, the Saints. And stuff is legal in California. Not oh, there. yeah, that's a that's a real smart idea. You should. Uh, yeah, that's what he needs. <laughs> you should totally sit in there. I mean, I, I, was think... just men- I used to live there. I was just mentioning it. Just throwing that out there, huh? Um, okay, so are the Bills worse than the two, than the two, are the Buffalo Bills in 2018, Ryan, worse than the 2017 Browns? Uh, that Browns team was pretty terrible. Um, oh, and 16, in case you didn't know. Well, here's the thing. Here's how I'm measuring it. This Bills team won nine games last year and went to the playoffs for the first time since 99. Compared to that Bills team, they are immeasurably worse than they were eight months ago or whenever they played their last game. I This offseason has been a train wreck. They, you know, it started actually back in November when they said, all right, Tyrod, we're washing our hands of you. And that's fine. Tyrod Taylor is not a Hall of Famer. He's a guy that he's just a guy. But he, he was just a guy that helped him win games in a very boring fashion a year ago. But to bench him in that Chargers game and go with Nathan Peterman. And, and this weird thing that Sean McDermott has about not admitting mistakes, and he's not – alone in doing that that a lot of people do it in the nfl and it's sort of their downfall but he did it again this year week one roll with peterman they had no plan this offseason they signed aj mccarron and then traded him i know breach hates mccarron but i can't imagine he's worse than their current situation and i just they don't seem to have a plan and they are terrible their offensive line's a mess they have no pass catchers to throw to i i don't know they're the worst team in the NFL, and I don't know if it's close. Mm, it's close because the Arizona Cardinals and Cleveland Browns <laughs> exist. But not Cleveland, not Cleveland. Yeah, Arizona, Cleveland. I Cle- will give you. Okay, but Cleveland. Look, like Cleveland. The thing with Cleveland is they might they might be much better. Like the defense, there are two. There should be two and zero. Oh. Yeah, but like they might be worse because of Hugh Jackson. That's their one problem. Hugh Jackson needs to be fired. And we, I know we just talked not to go back to the Browns, but at some point they're going to have to break glass on Baker Mayfield because they're going to lose so many games. Like if Tyrod Taylor loses to Sam Darnold on Thursday night, so I mean like Hugh Jackson's going to have to go to Baker Mayfield. He won't have another option. John Dorsey will fire him if he doesn't, or he'll or he'll try to go to Baker Mayfield, and John Dorsey will say no. I'm firing if you do. I don't know that that whole thing is a mess. But the Bills are are a disaster. And I took the Bills in the Super Contest. I went 0-5 this week. I couldn't be more <laughs> Yeah, Good Lord. Look, you man, are Sean McDermott. Look, man, my AC broke. I got hit by a hurricane, and my dog got bit by a copperhead, okay? Like, maybe it wasn't my week. Maybe I should have faded myself. I mean, that You need to look at the tape. That right, like, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, I should have known that my picks were not going to be good this week and gone in the opposite direction. I didn't do it. Got to be more self aware. It's my bad. If you followed me on on uh, on week two, we'll get it back in week three. But um, I did hit that Steelers over. I think you I hit the Steelers Chiefs over. I think you hit the. Uh, you got to take the Chiefs over this week against the 49ers as well. Fifty five or something. They're going to score seventy points every week. Anyway, the Bills. Cannot beat anybody. They're terrible. They got the Chargers coming off a classic Chargers game in September when the Chargers stink on a on an East Coast 1 p.m. game. 
traveling across the country, sleepyhead Philip Rivers has been FaceTiming with his eight kids for three hours in the morning, and he gets out there and they just carve up the bills. And Vontae Davis retired at mid, at halftime. Who what the hell? Who the hell retires at halftime, Breach? Brenton, your original question here was who's worse, the 2017 Browns or this year's Bills? And that right there is why I'm picking this year's Bills. As bad as the Browns were, they did not have anybody retire at halftime of a game. Uh, so I think that automatically qualifies you as possibly the worst team of all time. Until If you have guys literally quitting on you in the middle of a game, I mean, that says all that needs to be said. That would be like me walking on this podcast right now just – I'm done, guys. I'm out of here. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You get a paycheck. You you make hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you're just like, hey, guys, peace out. I don't, I don't even want to be here anymore. Uh, so, yes, I think the Bills are worse than last year's Browns. That's not retiring, by the way. That's quitting. <laughs> like, that's – you don't – signed a one-year $5 million deal in this offseason. He said, you know what? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> so, like, so he's giving up, like – Whatever. I mean, what's, I mean, what's, uh, five million? You're the math guy, Ryan. What's five million divided by 16? Our buddy Joe Corey wrote it about it. I have to find a tweet. Uh, I want you to keep talking. I'll look it up. He's making 312,000 a game and he just gave, so he just, so he's made 600,000. So he's basically giving up $4.3 million because he's like, nah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't walking around concussed and banged up for the rest of my life to play on this garbage Bills team. And he quit. By the way, the early look ahead line, or not the early, the early line, I guess, is probably out by now. The Minnesota Vikings play the Buffalo Bills in Minnesota, and the line is Vikings minus 16 and a uh, half. I was going to guess 14 and be Six, funny about it. 16 and a half. That's nuts. And I wouldn't, you couldn't pay me enough to take the Bills. Like, I'm taking the Vikings. Wait a second. You're not considering taking the Bills? No, no chance. What about you, Breach? As soon as I saw that game was happening, in my head, before I knew what the spread was, 21 points. I was oh like, my God, look at this. If the Vikings are favored by fewer than 21 points, I'm taking the Vikings. The, the Bills can't score against that Vikings defense. It's going to no, be. No, you're going to stop with can't score. 34 to 3. It's going to be a garbage time field goal because Sean McDermott doesn't do garbage time touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did kick down 40 to nothing so, last week. So disrespectful to William Mary, both of you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, he had the best day of a William Mary guy too, though, right? Um, speaking of the Vikings, they played the Packers and they tied. Packers are a 1-0 oh, and 1. The Vikings are 1-0 oh, and 1. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. And um did Clay Matthews, did the Packers and Clay Matthews get screwed breach on a roughing the passer penalty? Well, I think the NFL's problem right now, and I'm going to answer that in a second. Stop tapping your pen. Sort of oh, am I tapping the pen? Um it's like people are start Googling kissing your sister and and this is what the NFL is going to show up because we're getting all these ties. You know, it's like it's a weird cliche. Do you think people um, Google kissing their sister a lot? I mean, I've seen a few states <laughs> Googling house. habits. I, I've been on Google Trends before. I've seen those. I've seen what pops up. Um, hey, but, let me ask quickly, though. Uh, Ted Teddy Bruschi was tweeting about this nonsense, too. People think overtime should be 15 minutes. I don't think it should be. I think 10 minutes is fine. I think you don't need those guys getting killed anymore than they already are. But you want more ties? I don't oh, care. I mean, you can change the rules where it's still 10 minutes. I like the fact that it's over quickly and it's a little slightly more exciting. But for the Clay Matthews thing, I do think that it was a bad call. But if you're – those are the rules. Like I felt like it was within the rules. I didn't think uh, – I wouldn't have thrown the flag if I was the ref, but I was okay with the ref 
throwing the flag. And you know what? If you're the Packers, maybe don't let the Vikings catch a ball through two defenders on the one yard line with 30 seconds left. And then maybe you don't lose. So I, you know, there's plenty of spots in this game. I think there was a hit on Aaron Rodgers that also got flagged that probably shouldn't have been flagged earlier in the game. So it kind of goes both ways. So I, Packers not screwed in my book. Wow. wow. That's crazy talk. They definitely got I, screwed. Bad call. How is he supposed okay to, how's it. he supposed to tackle that guy? Shake his hug, hug, hug him. <laughs> shake his I mean, hug? Did you say uh, shake uh, his hug? He was shake Googling. him and then hug him. He was Googling something apparently. Uh, kissing my sister. That's, I will how, say how, that, do you, uh, how do you kiss your sister? I shake her hug. <laughs> Mike Florio said on Sunday night football recap or whatever it's called that uh, the league uh, didn't. It wasn't the case that uh, Clay Matthews put his body weight on Aaron Rodgers, which is, will get you life in prison. Now he was burping Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins. Uh, sorry, Kirk Cousins. That's yeah. right. But it's the and, Aaron Rodgers rule is to put your body weight on him. And ter- uh, Tony Carinti, the referee, told said via Rob Tavoski right. of ESPN, the pool reporter, that he said that Wrongly. he 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 drove him into the air and into the ground, which is just patently false. false. Yeah, they need a way to re- like. I get that this is a subjective situation. It's hard to deal with. That, yeah, that isn't subjective, though. Like right. last week, Clay Matthews made a stupid. And Clay, on, Matthew, on and Clay Matthews owned that. But like, yeah. this is something that the NFL needs to review. Like, you need to pause it and say, okay, was that, was that a roughing the passer play? And is it something where it's like clearly not a roughing the passer play? And can we overturn it via replay? Because what ended up happening is the, the Vikings, the Packers intercepted Kirk Cousins on that play and it's over. And the Vikings are, the Packers are two and oh, and the Vikings are one and one. And that's a massive divisional game with a half. Well, a point John makes a good point though. You can't let Adam Thielen catch a ball between. Ten guys standing there. That was a hell of a throw by Kirk Cousins. It should have been knocked down by ten guys. Two guys, but yes. Yeah. Starts with T. Um, who would you rather be right now, the Packers or the Vikings, Breach? I would rather be the Packers. Aaron Rodgers playing on one gimpy leg almost beat the Vikings. I think a lot of people thought that maybe the Vikings would just blow the Packers out because he's either going to be Aaron Rodgers injured playing or it was going to be uh, Deshaun Kaiser. So it was going to get ugly. And so the way they played today, knowing that Aaron Rodgers was beat up, made me think uh, this team is probably going to be, what are they, 1-0-1? I would say 7-1-1. I mean, they've got the Redskins, the Bills, the Lions coming up. They've got a lot of the Bills. We've already talked about the Bills. Packers have a lot of winnable games uh, until they get to their ugly midseason slate with Rams and the Patriots in a row. So based on the schedule and what I saw today, I like the Packers. I want to be the Packers. And I do not want to be the Vikings. See, I'd rather be the Vikings, I think, because that offense is starting to come together. They've shown some flashes. They're getting on the same page. Uh, defensively, we know they're going to be good. I worry a little bit about the Packers, the Vikings, the Packers defense. I don't know why I'm confusing the Packers and the Vikings. Uh, I'd rather be the Vikings. What about you, Wilson? My only concern is we don't know what Aaron Rodgers' knee injury is, right? We haven't heard. It's just a quote unquote knee injury. He wore that big bulky brace, which he's never done before. So is it a, Ryan Tannehill situation where it's just hanging on by a thread and it could go at any moment? Or is it something much less serious than that, in which case I feel like we would have heard about it? And that's my only concern with, with Green Bay. Otherwise, you know, with John, you can't go wrong by taking Aaron Rodgers. I do wonder, like, which Kirby Cousins is going to show up? Is, is this the guy we're going to see for the rest of the season? Is he going to have sort of some regression like he does every once every five or six games? That said, I mean – he still has to be better than Case Keenum. I know Case Keenum had a career year last year, and as you point out, the defense is very good. I think the Packers defense is going to be a lot better. I give him a lot of credit for focusing on that in the last few drafts. 
But my big issue with the Packers is what is the seriousness of Aaron Rodgers' knee injury? Mm, fair. Yeah, and if you're the Packers, you've got to be staring at the calendar. All you got to do is get to the bye week, keep Aaron Rodgers standing on two feet until then, and then he'll get his two weeks off. And that bye week's in week seven. So you have four games that you have to play. Uh, one of them's a Monday nighter, so he'll have an extra day of rest in there. And then, boom, bye week, he gets two weeks to heal. Uh, what about the Jaguars and Patriots? This one sort of flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, I know it was a national CBS game, but, but I don't know. It was like we almost, you know, we had an incredible set of one o'clock games and then the Jaguars just kind of thrashed the Patriots behind Blake Bortles looking fantastic. And, you know, really nobody was talking about it except for Pete Prisco, who's, you know, peacocking around, like takes his shirt off on Twitter and he's just peacocking around like, uh, like Vince McMahon walking into his entry to the, to the wrestling room. Like, ah, like, did you see Bortles today? He's great. Bortles is fantastic. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Like that's, that's I mean, the like, penguin. Sounds like, yeah, uh... it does. He sounds like he's a shorter version of the penguin. He's like a slightly shorter version of Danny DeVito, uh, a little more tan, but yeah, Prisco's, uh, Prisco's cackling about Blake Bortles and look, you got to give it to him. Blake Bortles look freaking awesome today, Ryan. Yeah. I said this last year after the AFC championship game that the Jaguars didn't lose that game because of Blake Bortles. They should have won it because of Blake Bortles. The defense turtled up and got really conservative in the last quarter and that's why they lost. They let Tom Brady do what Tom Brady always does. Uh, and this time, Blake Bortles said, you know what? I'm not even going to let the defense have to worry about it. I'm going to take over. He threw for 377, four touchdowns. He looked absolutely amazing. And I give Doug Marone a ton of credit for calling pass plays late in the game instead of turning around and handing the ball off like they always make Blake Bortles do for negative one-yard gains. And they end up punting the ball back and then letting the other team, in this case the Patriots, score. They said, you know what, Blake? You, you beat Blake. So he drops back. He's completing passes, throwing, finding guys wide open running for it, taking hits, doing all sorts of things that he did for three quarters in the AFC Championship game, and they let him do it for 60 minutes, and it worked out. Uh, there was some stat about it being you know 4,000 degrees down there and that Tom Brady doesn't play well in 4,000-degree heat. I, I think they lose that game at a neutral field. Gillette State is probably a different story. They'd lose that game in 40-degree weather, 50-degree weather, whatever. I thought it was the, it's easily the best game Blake Bortles ever played, but I think it may be a, a sign of things to come in terms of him having confidence, and you have that defense. So if you have that defense and Bortles playing out of his mind, uh, that also blows out of the water my Texans winning the AFC South prediction uh, from about three weeks ago. Go ahead, Breach. Can can we just get to the Jaguars-Chiefs AFC Championship game now? Do we even need to play the rest of the season? Can we just have that tomorrow? Who Who wins that game at a neutral field? The the Jaguars do. The Jaguars win that thing on a neutral field. Why? Do, do, do you think that people listen to this podcast are like, oh, breach is on? Like, I wonder what they're going to. I wonder what they're going to talk about the, the the Jaguars game. He's English. He's English. That's how they say it in English. Jaguars. Wait, Brinson, you just spent the first thirty minutes hugging and kissing and shaking and whatever all over Pat Mahomes, and now you're on the Jaguars bandwagon. The, the Jaguars. <laughs> the Jaguars can get a stop. The Chiefs can't. I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be a good game. I'd watch. It'd be fun as hell to watch. I'd watch it. Well, that's good to know. I'd watch it. Be on AS, it'd be on CBS. I'd definitely watch it. Um, would you rather watch Patriots Chiefs or Jaguars Chiefs? I would rather watch Patriots Chiefs, but only because of what we already talked about. I want to see Bill Belichick scheme against uh, this Chiefs offense. And you know what's crazy is that two of Belichick's like two games that he's most famous for, well known, is Super Bowl twenty five, where he shut down. The Bills' K-Gun offense. Remember, nobody thought that – people thought the Bills were going to put up like 50 points in that Super Bowl, and they put up 19. And then the other one 
when the Patriots beat the Rams in the greatest show on turf. Patriots were two touchdown underdogs in that game. And so I think Belichick thrives in that situation. So I would love to see Belichick versus the Chiefs. Who would you rather have, Ryan? Chiefs-Patriots or Chiefs-Jaguars? I would watch the Chiefs-Patriots only if I could be guaranteed that the Chiefs will win just because I I don't want to see Belichick do what he's done to those teams that Breach just mentioned because it's so infuriating to watch. I think it's also sort of weird, and I see a couple people mention this on Twitter, that the the Patriots were in no way wanted Josh McDaniel to get out the door, but they couldn't push uh, Matt Patricia out fast enough, and apparently for good reason because that's another team that's secretly terrible. Um, well, not so secretly. We saw it in week one. They got blown out by the Jets, but this week they played a little bit, a little better against the 49ers. And, uh, maybe the, the lesson there is rocket scientists don't necessarily make the greatest NFL head coaches. <laughs> uh, what, so look, the, the Lions, who you're referring to, by the way, lost in San Francisco 27 to 30 to the, to the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. And the 49ers didn't play that well. They were without Marquise Goodwin again. Uh, Matt Breida was the star there. 11 carries, 138 rushing yards and one touchdown. I started Derrick Henry and not Matt Breida in a fantasy league. And it What'd you do that for, dummy? I told you. You told me? Did you tell me that? So the Titans have three offensive linemen out. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So I asked the question. Yeah, I tried to get my buddy, my buddy Nathan, and I co-owned the team. I tried to get him to change it, and he wouldn't let me. He said we got to ride Henry. I was like, all right, fine, we'll ride Henry. And gotta watch the tape. He, although I will give him credit, he wanted to pick up Fitzpatrick on waivers this week and start him. And I, I went with Tannehill, and that um, cost us the game too. But um, Matt Patricia cost his team the game by virtue of not having a running game for the 40th year in a row for the Lions. Breach, uh, Matthew Stafford, 34 of 53 for 347 yards and three touchdowns. But again, like, the problem here is that the, the, the Lions can't stop anybody. Yeah, I mean, there's like five problems, and I would say that's probably the first one. When you hire a coach like Matt Patricia, who is supposed to be a defensive genius, and he's averaging, his team's now giving up, what, 48 points and 30 points? I mean, at what point do we kind of take away that genius label? Because this has just been atrocious. The Lions have been, if the Bills and Cardinals didn't exist, the Lions would be the worst team in the NFL right now. This game wasn't even that close. It was 30-13 to in the fourth quarter. I never thought the Lions were going to win. And uh, if Matt Patricia did his research before taking the job, you would have known that you know letting Matthew Stafford throw the ball 50 times, 60 times, whatever it takes a game, they don't win like that. You've eventually got to get a running game some at some point. I know we're on like year six of the Lions not having a running game, but you know, maybe that's what you spend your third probably have like the third pick in the draft next year. Maybe <laughs> maybe take like three running backs with your first three picks just so you have someone. Does uh can I ask a, can yeah, I ask a crazy question? Sure. It is it's it's, it's gonna sound insane. This team won nine games last year. Everyone hated uh what's his name? Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Is Matt Patricia gonna be in the hot seat if they get 0 and four? Well, you know they're playing... supposed to this team is supposed to go to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. They went nine and seven and like they were Bob Quinn was itching, itching to fire Jim Caldwell, who'd won nine games like two years in a row, so we could bring over Patricia. The defense looks like trash. Patricia's on the sidelines, look look I mean, I don't I don't think that it should matter what you look like if you're a head coach. But like when you're a thick, scra- like scraggly guy with a backwards hat and a pencil with a, that you keep writing on a plastic place. He, he's literally with. Rob Bryan 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if he weren't a rocket scientist, we would be asking some major questions about him. He's the, it's like people are already, he, you know, he already got on the bad side with the media to start with. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, coming out and struggling in terms of defense in the, in the, in the run game. Matthew Stafford looked like crap in week one. Half the team hates him. Half the team apparently hates him. And they're playing the Patriots. Right. We haven't talked about that. Breach brings it up. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Mike Garofalo for the NFL.com mentioned this a few weeks ago after the, after last week after the beatdown. Apparently the team hated him from the way he ran training camp. I think like they were at odds over that. It was too hard or something like that. They're right. So they're they get the, yeah. Apparently people didn't like it in the off season. They don't like it in the regular season now. So the veterans are if they're two and zero. You know it's like ah oh, Patricia's won this team over. So you got to be a little careful with that. But they get the Patriots at home on Sunday night football. Bill Belichick doesn't take it easy on his old assistants. Then they're at out. then they're at the Cowboys. Then they get the Packers at home. Then they're at the Dolphins. Then they get the Seahawks at home. Then they're at the Vikings. Like, they could lose five of those games and be one and seven. Does he get fired then? They could be zero oh and eight. I mean, that's that's a brutal, brutal schedule. Belichick's going to run up the score, beat them like fifty to three, and say, "Hey, thanks for leaving, man." But uh, Brent, I don't think he can get fired in his first season because that would be rock bottom. For Detroit, uh, you just can't fire a coach midway through his first year. I'm sure if the Browns won't do it, I don't think the Lions would do it because they don't want to take that crown for biggest circus in the NFL. But I do think it is within theory that Patricia could lose his job after year one if they went, say, 2-14. and 14. Well, listen, uh, Josh McDaniel started 6-0 and in Denver, and then lost, I think he lost out or came close to losing out. And then started so slowly in uh, the next year, they fired him midway through that. So it, it's a short rope. By the way, Garfalo said um, the uh, veterans were unhappy with how hard Patricia had worked them and all the rules that were in place. And, you know, getting worked hard and rules are one thing before the season starts. But when you, as Breach point out, give up 78 points in two games, that sort of goes out the window. It sure does. Um, 49ers, I thought, looked fine. Nice win. You know, they were okay. They they weren't – I don't know. They just they, – they again, like they beat a bad Lions team. I don't know how much stock I put into it. Uh, what else do we have? Our Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee wins 20 to 17. Is Deshaun Watson a fraud? Ryan? He says he's not panicking, but I'm panicking because wow. he threw 19 touchdowns and six starts last year. Looked terrible against the Patriots. Looked like he was pressing. He's coming off the ACL injury. He's as close to 100% as he's probably going to get. He's 10 months out from the surgery or whatever. Uh, he did not look great. Did not, did not look great again today. And I don't know what the solution is. Um, so they got to figure some things out. I don't know how they're going to do it. Will Fuller had a, had a nice game today. He played for the first time, didn't play week one. But good Lord, man, that was Blaine Gabbert that they were playing against. It wasn't even a good football team. So I think are the new the seven new head coaches now have one win, and that's Mike Vrabel. Is that right? Uh, uh, right. Frank Reich's got one. Frank Reich. Oh, and Frank. Yeah, okay, yeah, two yeah. wins in, in two weeks. That's not great. Not a great start for them. By the way, I'm furious I didn't take the Tennessee Titans in the, in the Super Contest because I said – the Texans are going to keep it close in New England. The Titans are going to lose in Miami. And then I'm going to take the Titans and they're going to beat the Texans straight up. And of course I bailed on that because I've, because of snake dog, uh, gate or whatever. Kevin Byard had a touchdown pass for 66 yards, the longest defensive touchdown pass in like 100 years. Blaine Gabbert started and played the whole game for the Tennessee Titans, 13 of 20 for 117 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry attempted a pass. Uh, David Crickshank led them in receiving and followed by uh, Corey Davis, and then Tawan Taylor found the Enzo. They didn't really get a whole lot going. This is more about just lit, like trying to trying to batten down the hatches and and get through this game. I think more than anything. Um, 
breached the other team for the AFC South, though. The Indianapolis Colts go into Washington after the Redskins beat the, beat the, the, the Cardinals on the road and they manhandle them. They look, I thought the, the Colts look good on defense against a, a dangerous Alex Smith led team. Smith had to throw 46 times and the Colts held the Redskins to nine points. It's almost like Jay Gruden didn't watch one down of Alex Smith playing football for the past 10 years. Like in what world are you letting Alex Smith throw the ball? 46 times I don't care what the score is I don't care if you need to come back you do not let him throw the ball 46 times but the Colts the shocking thing to me with this game is that you know we were talking last week that Andrew Luck threw the ball 50 something times he's coming off a shoulder injury you're trying to get your quarterback killed this game they didn't even need Andrew Luck somehow the Colts defense won this I don't even didn't even know the Colts were any good on defense this is the last thing I expected was for them to hold another NFL team to single-digit scoring. Like, that doesn't even seem plausible. I never would have guessed that before the season started. Uh, Andrew Luck struggled in this game through two interceptions, only 179 yards. Uh, but the Colts' defense came through big time. They sacked uh, Alex Smith three times. Um, so it was just, uh, if the Colts' defense plays like that the entire season and they have Andrew Luck on their team, who's only going to get better every week, it, it kind of feels like, they're the sneaky second place team in the AFC South behind the Jags. Wow. I'm on it. Colts bandwagon. That division is actually pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I may have misjudged with the Texans. And to Frank Rice's <laughs> credit, Andrew looked and throw the ball 85 times on Sunday. So that, that was progress. Uh, I still like the Titans. The, the Jaguars are the best team. The Jaguars and the Rams, if you picked against the Jaguars and the Rams, like I did, you just got too cute. It was stupid. They're the best teams. Um, the Rams, the Rams are fantastic manhandling the Cardinals and the Jaguars are great man. Wait, you picked the Rams to lose today? No, no, no for the, before the season. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just an idiot. I'm a clown. It's fine. Uh, I, I think the the biggest thing for me on the Colts. I love my boy Naheem Hines rushing the ball in the red zone. Only had four carries for seven yards and a touchdown, but he looked good inside the twenties. Um, coaching matters. And for the Colts, they have a huge upgrade at coaching across the board, not just the head coach, but offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator as well. And you can tell by how hard these guys are playing. I think all right, two more games. We'll get through quickly and get out of here. Carolina Panthers lose 24-31 to to the Atlanta Falcons. You feel fine about the Falcons here, Breach? Uh, I love the Falcons. I, I, th- I picked them to win. I picked them to cover the spread. I think we were all thinking the same thing after week one. If this team can somehow figure things out in the red zone, then they go back. To, for instance, that's why you picked them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> this is a team that everyone thought would be good. And then it was like, well, no, they didn't improve at all in the red zone this year. And if they keep playing like that all season, it's just going to be horrible. And what do they do? They throw a freaking wrench into all this. They have Matt Ryan uh, scoring rushing touchdowns. I never thought I would see Matt Ryan score more rushing touchdowns in a game than Cam Newton. Uh, Matt Ryan had two <laughs> of them. So it was just nuts to see. It, it's almost like Steve Sarkeesian took all this personally. It's like he was following Twitter uh, during the Bengals game on Thursday when everybody's like, oh, if the Bengals can score in the red zone, how come the Falcons can't figure out what to do with Julio Jones? Because uh, we saw A.J. Green catch those three touchdowns. And so, boom, I think the Falcons scored four red zone touchdowns against a very, very good Panthers defense. And uh, I think this is the kind of win that puts the Falcons back in the driver's seat in the NFC South with the Buccaneers 2-0 record notwithstanding. 
I'm fine with that. And finally, unless I missed a game, Oakland at Denver. Yeah, man, John Gruden found a way to lose, Ryan. Uh, the Denver Broncos <laughs> score at the last minute. I think that they scored on like their final four drives. I mean, Oakland was cruise control in this game. And, and the Broncos managed to, uh, to score the final three possessions of this. Um, they went 19, 20 to 19 on a, on a last second Brandon McManus field goal. Brutal gut wrenching loss for the, for the Oakland Raiders who, uh, who looked like they had this game in hand the entire time. Yeah, they better get used to all that losing. Uh, both times after the, after both losses, John Gruden takes the, the stage of the press conference and announces that his team needs to be better at pass rushing. It's, and, it's, it's like performance art. I mean, like, and that's where we are. He's apparently at odds with Reggie McKen- McKenzie, the general manager. Who, to his credit, did a lot to sort of write this team in recent years as a general manager making moves and personnel moves. And um, while we haven't heard it directly, I would imagine Mark Davis, who, who who's loved Gruden for some time, has allowed Gruden to do whatever he wants. And we've seen it millions of times when guys come back from taking hiatuses for whatever reason and want complete control. Uh, that organization usually crashes and burns, whether it's Mike Holmgren, whether it's uh, – uh, Mike Shanahan, whether it's Joe Gibbs, it doesn't work out. There's no reason you need to have wear every hat in the organization. John Gruden needs to worry about coaching. He's been out of coaching for nine years. And look, that offense has been, has looked good at times, but they have not looked good for a full game. They look good in the first half of the Rams game. And they look good for two and a half, three quarters of the Broncos game. Guess what? They're 0 2. And John Gruden is about to, I mean, I said it before the season, this, this is another team that's truly terrible. They're one of the four worst teams in the league. I, I'm with you. I got that under eight on the Raiders, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. All right, any closing thoughts? We're well over an hour here, but that's fine. It's a Sunday night recap. Great show. What uh, what, what would you guys add uh, closing thoughts-wise here? My closing thoughts is I cannot wait to see Michael Kendricks play for the Seahawks <laughs> on Monday night and then get suspended by the NFL and then maybe never play football ever again it's a crazy situation uh sorry wasted my closing thought it's quite all right breach i'm sure uh, I, I look i honestly think that the Bengals are going to be really good andy dalton if he gets protected is going to be extremely dangerous and also mark it down telling you now steelers going to win out you heard it here first <laughs> i don't i don't think the steelers are going to go like went out in september 14 14 one and one that would be quite a quite a we'll record see. For we'll see speaking of the steelers uh they gave up Four touchdown passes of 15 yards or more. I just tweeted it out. But Patrick Mahomes' uh, next-gen NFL, uh, NFL.com game game chart is awesome. Go look at it. Follow John Breach on Twitter at John Breach. Follow Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson underscore 07. Follow me at Will Brinson. Check out the podcast at Pick 6 Pod. Thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. Talk to you guys later.